Hi there, David here. This month is a pretty special one on Oh My God, What the Fuck Bible. We've left the comfortable confines of our beauty bar location in New York City, and the recording you're about to hear was made at Limud UK at the University of Warwick in England. Limud is an international organization that organizes Jewish conferences all over the world where Jews get together, present new ideas, and of course, argue with each other. Limud UK is the flagship conference and features thousands of presenters, hundreds of sessions, and this year, oh my god, what the fuck Bible. Enjoy. Previously in the Bible. Hashem struck all of Mitzrayim's firstborns in the middle of the night. In the middle of that day, Hashem took the sons of Israel out of Mitzrayim in their legion. The sons of Israel rose out of Egypt in battle array. Hashem drowned Mitzrayim in the sea. Moshe summoned the elders of the nation and put the words Jehovah had commanded before them. For thousands of years, we've been under the impression the Bible was meant to be taken seriously. Finally, a new translation that'll change all that. This is Oh My God, What the Fuck Bible! Reach out, Yeah, welcome to episode 27 and oh my god, episode 27 and three-thirds of oh my god, what the fuck Bible with me, David Tuckman. I'm coming to you in front of a live audience. Let's fix that screen, make it look nicer. I'm coming to you in front of a live audience at Limud UK. Give it up for yourselves. Yeah, each month on this show, a guest joins me and tries to read as many chapters as possible of my own personal translation of the Old Testament from the original Hebrew while I make fun of it. And tonight... We are once again reading the fifth portion of Exodus, known in Hebrew and in English as Yitro, named after a guy who is kind of a minor character. Today is Tuesday, December 30th. It's my third day at Limud. Uh, tomorrow is New Year's Eve. I'm going to be spending New Year's here in England, which is really exciting because I'll be able to brag to all my friends back in America that I'm in the future and they're not. So that's going to be great. I think I'm finally getting over my jet lag. Uh, I've been talking about this. I, I, on each of these shows, I finally feel like I don't have to make the warning that I might fall asleep during this. I feel well rested. I'm good. My energy is up. I'm excited. It's going to be a great show. I'm not going to hit the microphone with my head, I promise you. I'm also wearing my lucky sweater, so it's going to be a great show. This is the sweater that I wear at everyone. You can see it. Uh, if you're here, if not, you can't see it. The next show of Oh My God, What the Fuck Bible is going to be on January 26th with a guest to be determined in New York City at Beauty Bar on 14th Street between 2nd Avenue and 3rd Avenue at 7.30 p.m. But that's not what we're talking about. We're right here. We're at Limud. So let me tell you a little bit about Limud. Uh, those of you who are here probably already know what Limud is. But if you're listening online, uh, you might want to get a little bit of information about what in the world I traveled to England for. Limud is an incredible conference. I think every night I'm amazed that people show up in this audience because there is so many crazy and amazing panels going on. I, I, my biggest problem at Limud has been deciding what panels to go to because there's such an exceptional choice of things. Uh, I said this last night, over the course of this conference, there are 1,201 sessions, 514 presenters. There are, I think, over 3,000 people here. It's a really massive thing. Um, and it makes a lot of sense that it's happening right now. Between Christmas and New Year's, all of the uh, non-Jewish people, I guess, go on vacation, and the Jews have nothing to do, so why not have a conference? Um, it was founded in the UK in 1980 by 80 people, and today is a global movement. There are 41 countries that host Limud events in 80 communities. It's really incredible how fast and amazing this has grown. It's a, a, a wonderful, pluralistic Jewish event. 
Anyway, let's get to the show. As always, I want to thank Juicy, my online partner who posts this show uh, whenever I give it to them. And Present Tense, I was a Present Tense fellow in 2014. They've really helped me. But are you guys ready for your guest? Yeah, let's give it up. So I'm really excited to have her on the show. She has been called Queen of the New Wave of Storytellers by BBC Radio 3. She is the co-founder of, or one of the co-founders of Moisha House London. And she likes, well, what she does is she builds bridges between traditional stories and contemporary storytelling. Please give it up for Rachel Rose Reed. How are evening. You? How are you? Good evening, Rachel. How are you? I'm great, thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Awesome. Why are you so happy to be here? Uh, I've been. I I have binge listened to the whole of Oh My God, What the Fuck Bible. I was kind of sad to have uh, caught up because now I just. I mean, uh, well, technically, I could take out a book. I suppose <laughs> I could read it, but. I sort of feel like now I'm sort of stuck at Yitro and we got, we're, we're ready to, we to move, move on. Now I have to go at the pace that you're going at instead of five recordings a day. I'm sorry, my pace is very slow. It's hard <laughs> to, to really uh, be as fast as I could be. I wish it was faster. But I, I'm, I'm excited to have you on, as you say you're a listener. Um, but let's talk about, I guess, your religious background. I like to talk about my guests and where they're coming from. So where, where are you from? I forgot that you asked that question. Yes. <laughs> uh, I grew up in a family that loved uh, its folk culture. My dad grew up in the East End of London, which is a little bit like the Lower East Side heritage in New York. So the workers that fought for rights to help others to break the sweatshop system, all of that proud heritage, as well as knowledge of superstitions that came from Romania and uh, Poland and Russia. And uh, there, there was some religion in there, but it didn't seem to match all that love of folk culture until I sort of discovered a whole world of alternate kehillas, uh, communities that were being set up in New York and San Francisco and in London. We set up Moisha House London in 2007 as a, an alternate space. It's part of an international organization, but an alternate space for people who felt that they weren't quite finding their place in the Jewish community and loads of other people were welcome to come to. And to create community from inside your house uh, is uh, feels like it's kind of going back, you know, to creating those shtibbles mm-hmm. where people felt a little bit more like it was an informal space to make their uh, spiritual home. Moshe House is interesting to me because it feels like it's a very open, um, collaborative community as opposed to something that, that you kind of walk in and you accept it as it is. So uh, it sounds like you have a bit of a Jewish background. What is your, I mean, how would you identify right now as a Jewish person? I generally say I'm me, which doesn't really satisfy the what denomination are you category. I study with Rabbi Jill Hammer, so and okay. she uh, has something called the Kohenet Priestess Institute, uh, and Taya Sher. So I guess I like hugging trees, but I also like all the texts that were passed down to me by my ancestors, and I think my relationship with text is, uh, it helps me to connect to the people that came before me, even if some of them, if they met me today, might think I was a heretic. And I also, I guess I really don't like the binary, there is a God, there isn't a God. I think there's something greater, and especially in these stories, there's there's power uh, in them regardless of belief. And I think it's always a shame when people decide to chuck them away just because they don't, because they think they have to uh, swallow everything under the banner of a particular kind of belief. Right. I think there's tons to discover. Well, that's why I'm having so much fun doing this, because these are my translation of the stories. This is what the story is to me. Uh, whether or not it's written by God is kind of irrelevant to the question. It's, it's, I think these are cool stories, and I want to tell them with people. So I guess I don't have to ask the next question, which I normally do, which is, do you believe in God? 
It's too complex. Yeah, <laughs> great answer. I guess the other question, or I have two more questions. First of all, um, what is your favorite, as a storyteller especially, what is your favorite story in the Tanakh? Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, I'm, still, I'm still uncovering the stories that I like. I don't, I don't know, uh, there's a teacher here called Maureen Kendler. I don't know if anyone was in her session about Ritzper recently. I yeah, guess so. do that again. <laughs> Yeah. Transatlantic love for Maureen Kendler. Uh, no, she she did a she explored the story of Ritzpah, which I I have not even noticed before, which is in the book of Samuel about uh, the Ritzpah who had been the the wife of uh, the concubine of Saul, and uh, whose sons were hanged in some kind of uh, David's hope. It, it's almost like human sacrifice. They, they're, they're hanged around the time of a barley harvest whilst there's a famine in the hope that that will put everything to rest and things will grow again. And she stands, uh, she, she sits on the rock and she basically holds a vigil around and beneath these, these bodies uh, and her grief becomes a, a conscience for David and for whoever it is that notices her and tells David about her. And there's some very wild women in the Tanakh and it's kind of... You know, I, I feel like it's, it's so interesting. Which stories are we encouraged to look at and not encouraged to look at? Because there's a whole ton of them there, but they're really um, they're kind spoken of, of and muted. given yeah. flesh, I suppose, and, and fleshed out in the way some of the other characters are. Yeah, well, that's uh, I'm excited to get to that one when I do get to it in about 15 years. Right. Um, <laughs> I have one more question, and I, I haven't been asking this of people at Limu, but you asked me to ask it. Uh, so I used to ask my guests when they were mostly just my friends, uh, what's your first memory of me? Right. Uh, uh, I was told that you were, uh, you were anticipating this with fear, but there's nothing too fearful. <laughs> Basically, I co-run a space at Limud here uh, with a couple of other people called Hamakom, which is a space for listening, gentleness, maybe emotionally or even spiritually engaging sessions and meditation. And the Lemud uh, organizers very kindly work with us, send presenters our way who they think will be uh, of interest to us. And I asked Ben, uh, who does some of the programming, please, will you let me know who are the people doing... Uh, poetry or drama or creative things and he started listing a few people this one that one poetry and then he said david tuckman and i said oh what does he do he said he won't suit hamakom <laughs> I, I, I said oh well, i can look let me see like, he, he won't suit hamakom which is precisely what made me look up wow. <laughs> what it is you do uh, and then listen to your podcast do from I then till ha- now do i suit hamakom uh, you, you personally, you're welcome. We'll, we'll find out by reading whether Yitro suits Hamakom. <laughs> I guess we'll see. This is some really, really heavy stuff we're about to get to. Let's get to it. Are you guys ready to read the Bible? Yeah. Okay, this is Torah, a loose translation. Book two, names, uh, part five, Yitro, chapter 47, in which something kind of important happens. Exodus 21 to 2018. Elohim spoke every one of these words. Guys, it's the Ten Commandments, kind of. Uh, I don't know if it's actually ten. I guess we'll see. Um, I organized it based on the actual paragraphs in the text, so that's how we'll count them. For now, it's not going to line up. I am Jehovah, he said. You're Elohim who took you out of Mitzrayim, the house of slavery. The house of slavery, I think, is an exhibit in London right now, right? 
don't have any gods other than me. Which kind of implies other gods exist, but okay. Work with him. Yeah, let's work with Jehovah. Don't make an idol or any picture of what's in the sky above, the ground below, or the water under the ground. So, uh, sorry, all of art. Don't bow to or worship them because I, Jehovah, your Elohim, am a jealous El. Use three names all in one go. Mm -hmm. I will visit the misdeeds of Father. It's tough. You really pulled that off. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Uh, It's my job. (laughs) I will visit the misdeeds of fathers on sons, even on the third and fourth generations of my haters. My haters. So the word in Hebrew, I think, is soni or sone. Um, So obviously I translate it as haters because God is haters. The first commandment is step off, haters. That's a good one. For those who guard my commandments and my lovers, I will do kindness for thousands of generations. (laughs) On the other hand, God says lovers, which is a little bit tacky. Does it sound less tacky in the original? I think so. Uh, It's uh, probably the word is ahab or ave. Anyway, that's the first commandment by my count. Do not use the name of Jehovah, your Elohim, for foolishness. Which uh, I think we got to shut down this whole show. Because Jehovah will not forgive those who invoke his name for silly things. Oh, shit. Okay, well, that's commandment two. I love your translation. (laughs) Silly. Silly things. Shav is silly. Remember, remember the Shabbos day? Mm -hmm, The fucking Shabbos. And keep it holy. So I am an acolyte of the Cone Brothers, which is why following Walter Sobchak from the Big Lebowski, whenever I include the word Shabbos in my translation, it is the fucking Shabbos. Because... Walter said, Shomer fucking Shabbos. For six days, toil and do all your work. The seventh day is a fucking Shabbos for Jehovah, your Elohim. Don't do any work, not you, your sons, your daughters, your slaves, your lady slaves, your animals, or the converts within your gates. I feel like half of that doesn't really apply anymore, but all right. Because Jehovah made the skies the ground, the sea, and everything within them in six days. But on the seventh, he rested. That's why Jehovah blessed the Fucking. Shabbos day and made it holy. That's commandment three, is it? That's number three You're by keeping paragraphs. Good count. Yeah. Honor your father and your mother so your days on the earth, which Jehovah your Elohim gave you, will be lengthened. That's number four. I never knew that one had a promise attached to it. That's yes, like an it incentive. Does. Yes, the commentators say that uh, your days will be shorter if you don't honor your parents, and they'll be longer if you do. Okay. I don't I've know if that's it. better or worse. It's like eternal summer if you honor your parents, I suppose. Don't kill. Five. That's a good commandment. I like that one. I like it too. Don't sleep with another man's woman. Six. Uh, not as much fun. Interesting that it's just another man's woman, though. You can uh, you know, sleep with a woman, or if you're a married man, you can sleep with whoever you want. What about me? You can sleep with whoever you want, probably. Are you a man's woman? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, it's low I'm just checking. While I'm here, I thought I may as well, you know, check in with you while we go through these that I'm doing okay. I think you're doing okay. The, the Hebrew is loting off. It's thou shalt not commit adultery. So adultery by the rabbis is understood as sleeping with a man's woman. Uh, basically, if a woman is the property of a man, you can't take her or sleep with her. Because we are property. Mm-hmm. Very good. Don't steal. Seven. That includes the women. <laughs> don't bring false witness against your neighbor. Eight. Probably just the men, because I don't know if women could uh, testify in court. <laughs> don't lust after your neighbor's house. Nine. 
Don't lust after your neighbor's woman, his slaves, his lady slaves, his ox, his donkey, or everything he has. Those are all the things somebody might have. <laughs> That's commandment number 10. And uh, I guess it's not, well, we can talk about this after. Um, I split the coveting ones or the lusting after ones into two commandments, um, which is how the paragraphs are broken in the text. I don't think we really needed two about lusting after someone's things and his woman, his house, and then all of his things. Um, it's also, I think, weird to think of somebody lusting after somebody's house. Uh, that's a weird sexual perversion that I'm not going to get into. The is other that thing not is, Hello Magazine? Is that yeah, there basically was a, there was breaking a, that commandment? There was a documentary called uh, I Married the Eiffel Tower, which was about a woman who was in love with the Eiffel Tower, and she did some unspeakable things. I think I heard about that. Mm -hmm. The internet is so full of wisdom these Isn't days. Isn't it? It's lovely. Um, the other thing is that it's interesting that um, don't sleep with another man's woman and don't covet or don't lust after another man's woman are two separate commandments, which kind of implies that the uh, adultery is completely passionless and has no coveting whatsoever involved. The entire nation could see the voices. Which is weird because you can't see voices. It depends what you've taken. I guess so. The flames, the sound of the cornet. Again, wrong sense. Maybe. <laughs> and the mountain smoking. They saw and stepped back and stood far away. You should talk to us, the people said to Moshe. That way the Elohim won't talk to us and we'll still hear because we might die. Yikes. Don't be afraid, Moshe said. The Elohim just wants to test you and put his fear on your faces so you don't sin. Don't be afraid. The Elohim just wants to make you afraid. But he doesn't want to kill he you. He doesn't want to kill you. They're worried about the dying. Yes. Yeah. It's okay. You can be scared and not die. The people stood... He just wants to put the fear of God into you, I guess. Well, precisely. Mm -hmm. The people stood far away as Moshe approached the gloom. That is where Elohim was. This God guy is creepy. That's chapter 47. This is chapter 48, in which there are more, uh, much less impressive rules. Exodus 20, 19. Say this to the sons of Yisrael, Jehovah said to Moshe. You've all seen that I talk to you from the sky. That's a thing. I like it. Yeah. Don't make me Elohim out of silver or gold. Don't do that to yourselves. <laughs> Just don't do that. It's silly. Make an altar out of earth for me and slaughter Ola and peace offerings for me on it with your sheep and cattle. Everywhere I remind you of my name, I will come to you and bless you. If you make a stone altar for me, don't make it hewn because you might touch it with a sword and defile it. So these seem a little bit less impressive than the Ten Commandments from the last chapter. So this reminds me of something. I once got a crazy email very early into this project uh, from a, uh, I think, Christian woman who told me the Bible, B-I-B-L-E, uh, is actually an acronym that stands for Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. Um, First of all, I'm pretty sure that NASA isn't teaching astronauts the Bible. Second of all, um, you know, basic instructions before leaving Earth, I kind of feel like if you make a stone altar, don't hit it with a sword is not really part of that. The hewn thing? Hewn, yes. Any details on that? I, I, don't, I don't know. No worries. Doesn't apply we'll look to it up later. Life. We can look it up. Also, don't walk up steps to my altars so that you don't show off your naughty bits. That's chapter 48. That's, that's the end of Parsha Yudra. Let's hear it for Rachel. So, 
think we're right on time. Now's the time of the show where we come to the Devar Torah. Uh, Devar Torah, if you translate it literally, means Torah word. Devar means word. Torah means, well, Torah or teaching. So what I ask my guests to do is to try to uh, encapsulate everything that we've just read into a single word. So, Rachel, what is your Devar Torah on this last one-third of Parshat Yitra? I think it's going to lie somewhere around responsibilities. Okay. Would you mind defending your Torah word? Uh, sure. I mean, there, there. I know there's a, a whole bunch of thoughts about the I am your God. So God himself saying this is a two-way thing here. It's not that I am just a God, but I am your God. I will do things for you. What are you going to do for me? Mm-hmm. So I think there's a kind of two-way responsibility going on. Um, that it's not just that you do these things because someone in the sky told you to, but that there is actually something beyond that that you're committing to in a, a way of life beyond this moment when you're seeing these bright uh, things in the sky that are making you fear you might die. Yes. Well, it's interesting how it, it kind of moves so smoothly into the rest of the commandments. And, and next month uh, is Parsha Mishpatim, which is just more and more and more laws. I kind of, you know, in, in, in the way you think of the Ten Commandments or the way that I, I tend to think of it before actually reading this is as this discrete moment, the giving of the law, and that's it. But it's just the preamble. It's like the first ten or so. Speaking of which, my Torah word, my Devar Torah, is ten, question mark, because it doesn't... I know we think of these as the Ten Commandments, but um, the very first one that I put into one paragraph is traditionally two different commandments. If we did split it into two different commandments... Um, and it kind of is two different commandments. It's I am your God, which isn't really a commandment. It's just kind of saying, but don't have any gods other than me. And then maybe don't make any idols. That gives us 11 commandments. Um, my, my thoughts, at least this time around, are very focused on structure or how we tend to understand the story. It's interesting to me, too, that this is 10 utterances or 10 things that God says to the people. And then it just keeps going. There's no inscribing of this on stone, at least not yet. There's no separation of these as here are ten things that I have to say to you. The tradition of these being ten commandments, ten discrete commandments, ten discrete laws um, comes a little bit later. And it's not part of of Exodus, at least the way that I'm reading it. Um, I think that it's in Deuteronomy where it, it talks about it, but I don't think they're described as the ten commandments anywhere in this book. So that's something that we've kind of applied to this passage, depending on how you understand the authorship of this. Obviously, if God wrote it all once, then, then it's all one work. But if Deuteronomy is written by a second author, then it's another gloss that we've added to it. Um, that's all I've got for this. Do you have any final thoughts on this, on what we've read today? I guess I will say that God is very demanding and kind of jumps back and forth between really, really relevant commandments and things that are just very, very silly. And if you, you know, don't necessarily have any relevance to us right now. Which, what, don't kill doesn't have relevance Don't to kill us? has rev- <laughs> relevance. Don't kill, don't steal, those things are great. Um, you know, if you're, when you're walking up to an altar because you're wearing a robe, use a ramp, I, I'm not going to do that anytime soon. I think it continues to be interesting to go back to the text. Even even the text that translates taking in vain is silly. I like yeah. that. But to go back to the text and, th- and do think about how they are applicable to me now, because I think some of these sections of the Torah are so 
famous to some of us, who never look back at it and have a refreshed vision of what it actually said. My, I think my head in this area is filled with sort of nice, fluffy uh, Hebrew school stories that I was told when I was eight, and I was like, oh, well, I, don't, I know this now. I don't really need to look at it again. But I, I think I can... I, like, like lusting after your neighbor's house, as I was saying, I, th- I think there is a, quite a mean, heavy amount of lusting after neighbor's houses that can go on and can be quite detrimental to your health. No, absolutely. Um, both uh, like lusting, but also just wanting and comparing yourself to other people. I think there are so many ways that you can take this stuff, too. Anyway, I want to hear uh, if you in the audience have a Devar Torah, have one word that you can sum this up into, or if you have a thought that you want to share, or just a question for either of us, or an answer for either of us, uh, please stick around and do that. We're going to end the recording now, um, or in just a second. But Rachel, before we do, is there anything that you want to plug or anything you want our audience to check out? Uh, you can find me at www.rachelroseread.com. I think that's about it. I'm very excited to have uh, shared your reading. I look forward to listening to more. Thank you. I'm really excited to have had you on the show. Um, Yitro was really fun. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a shame that the readings were so short this time around because it's a very, very short Parsha. Fortunately, that's the way the scheduling worked out. Maybe next time around or next time I come to England, it might be a little bit longer. Anyway, as you can find the show always at facebook.com slash omgbible on Twitter, uh, on Tumblr. The website is omgwtfbible.com. Please listen on Stitcher, iTunes, any podcast app. Share the show if you like it. If you don't, don't tell anybody about it and don't tell them you hate it. If you like it, please rate and review it on iTunes. It really helps us. As always, I want to thank Wendy Chin for making the logo that you see on screen right now that's blocked by VLC. I want to thank Lee Mood for having me here. Um, Abigail Jacoby, uh, Shauna Bolton for stalking me and sending this up, Amy Levy uh, for helping fly me out here, Rachel Rose Reed, give it up for our guest. And of course, I want to thank you, our audience. Thank you for coming out to watch. Uh, we're going to be next time on January 26th. We're going to be at Beauty Bar in New York City on 14th Street between 2nd and 3rd, as I already said. Um, but make sure to listen as often as you can because next time in the Bible, a lot of freaking rules. <laughs>